You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to a Friday edition of the podcast. Yes, we have made it to the weekend. Ryan Brown, how are you, my friend? Jake, my team is on the court. Your team is on the court? My team is on the court. Okay, well, who's your team, by the way? I, right now, looks <laughs> it looks like it's going to be <laughs> Coconut Brownie Chunk all the way to the championship. Nice poll. We're going to talk a little bit more about Bilt Bar later on, uh, but good poll on the Hoosiers reference, by the way, also. I just it is to... Movie Quote Friday, Jake. It we is had movie... to bust something out. It is, uh, but we are going to talk about Utah basketball. Obviously, they are not in the big dance. The NCAA tournament getting underway today officially with the first round, but we do need to talk a little bit about what Utah uh, basketball can be, Brian. I think you and I both have some thoughts on where this program could could go uh, where it should be, all that type of stuff. It, obviously, in relation to the Larry Kraskoviak situation, we'll weigh in on that. We'll also catch up on everything else going on with Utah. Look ahead to the weekend in Utah sports. So there is plenty to get to on a Friday, Brian. Should we have some fun here? We're way past big speech time, Jake. It's go time. All right, let's do this thing. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for March 19th, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked on Utes podcast. My name is Jake Hatch. That is the brown bear in the chair himself, Brian Brown, my illustrious co-host. We are your tandem who covers all things Utah for you guys each and every day. So thanks again for taking the time to download the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and also make sure you rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. And Brian, we like to encourage everybody. We don't care what you put in the comments about the podcast, but we want one thing, five stars only on those reviews. Five. <laughs> Five stars, five stars only. Subway's going to sue us here momentarily, but nonetheless, we're going to have some fun regardless. Whatever. They're about to drop a sponsorship with those kind of pipes. Oh, you're talking about, Jake. Subway, if you got interest, reach out. We'd love to work with you guys right here on Locked On Utes. There's no problem with that at all. All right. Uh, plenty to talk to ahead on today's show. Talk about, I guess, ahead on today's show. But let's start here, Brian. Uh, you and I obviously are digging around, talking to people with regards to the open vacancy at the head coaching position for the University of Utah men's basketball program, but it, it kind of spurred a topic that you and I were debating before we hit record about where this program should be and what the floor of the program is. Like, wh- how, how far could they really sink in theory? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does, absolutely, and I think it's a very hotly debated topic right now. John Wilner from the Mercury uh, News mm-hmm. mentioned that without the Rick Majerus, is mostly a pedestrian basketball program. I think Utah fans would would counter with the fact that their personal history of Utah basketball is hardly pedestrian, and and there are (laughs) a lot of different reasons for it. We've talked already this week about my favorite Ute ever, Wat Masaka, Mm -hmm. uh, his impact on basketball. There are the the 1944 Utah team that won the NIT. Say Arnie Farron, come on, let's go. Yeah, well, boy. Okay, second favorite Ute then. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, and, and so there's plenty of history with this program. Um, but I do think there is some 
I don't uh, validity to to the point that John Wilner is trying to make, right? Okay. Is that '90s stretch of Utah basketball kind of transcends everything right now? Like it hovers sure. over the program, like the old cloud in the Huntsman Center used to. I I I agree with that, and I get what his premise was. Because obviously, if you just look at it in a microcosm of what Rick Majerus accomplished, especially in that nineteen that ten years from nineteen eighty nine to ninety nine, roughly, if you wanted to spread out, even nineteen ninety to two thousand, yes, it was the best run in school history. There's no doubt about it. Uh, if you want to consider the quote unquote modern age, because yeah, you go back to that national championship team in the nineteen forties, yeah, those are absolute legends, but very few people who saw that are still around today, uh, if we're being honest. So in the modern age or the current age of college basketball, yes, Rick Majerus's run uh, it really stands out in comparison to everything else. But I think you and I both understand that this program has got a very strong history. It's got a very strong pedigree. And honestly, if you get the right guy in place, I am not. Uh, I am. I am of the belief that it very quickly can get back to being an upper echelon Pac-12 job because of the interest in this program uh, from its fan base, the donors, and just the overall community around it. And and that's the essence of I think of this entire situation is that if this program is to come back, it has to be a, an entirely group effort. Yeah, it has to be donors and and fans getting involved and in going back to the games from the very beginning. You know, because I think the selling points of this program are pretty well documented, right? Sure. Like it's the atmosphere at the Huntsman Center, it's the practice facilities, which as you and I were talking back and forth, they are elite. There's no doubt about it. But there are also programs like VCU out on the East Coast and Georgetown and Villanova that have equal to practice facilities. You and I have both been to the one in Nebraska. And in 2013, it was as good or better than the one up at the University of Utah. Now you're in Lincoln, and that sure. sucks. Yeah, but, but it can't just always be about that kind of stuff. It, it, it has to be the entire you know, it has to be a mixture of, of the Valley of the university of the program itself of feeling comfortable in the practice facilities because of the staff there and the yep. way that they make you feel welcome. And so I think that's where, if we're talking about the ceiling of the program, it's not going to be just because a coaching staff comes in, in here. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that point. That That is one thing to, to be sure of is that, yes, the you can't just put somebody in the job and think, okay, all that is going to flip over. The one thing I, I will counter with with regards to like the VCU conversation, well, VCU is a basketball school. They have gone all right. in on hoops. The one thing about Utah that stands out is – uh, they are a legitimate power five power player when it comes to football who has equal, if not better facilities for their basketball program. That I think is a, a big selling point for whoever gets this job is you are going to be working with some of the best uh equipment, the best facilities that you will find anywhere. And that's a credit to the university. I think that the guys like Chris Hill, uh, also Mark Harlan now is the athletic director. They understand the pedigree, the background, the history of this program, and they have put the money in it to hopefully yield the success that they envision it could have. And yeah, we'll have to dig into this a little bit more. And I run out of time here on this first little part of the podcast, but I want to continue this conversation because I think there's another talking point of where this program in our minds, uh, yeah, 
can it sink much lower than it currently is versus where could it get back to? And I want to discuss that. And let's So let's touch on that here momentarily. But before we do that, Brian, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. You and I have both been using this website. They are a fantastic service. It's the literally the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's what we love about it. Football, obviously, in the rearview mirror. You got NBA action ongoing. College hoops, as we mentioned, March Madness is underway. The NCAA men's basketball tournament underway NHL hockey ongoing if you guys want to get into the sports betting realm do it with bet online prop bets super easy to sign up lots of opportunity there you're gonna have what 32 games to start things out like yeah. that's a lot of opportunities to make some money Jake I'm yeah. not gonna lie like you've got a great uh chance to get to get your you know your your beak wet mm-hmm. uh to, to dip your toucan Sam into your cereal and, and really stir things up. Yeah. Well, and the thing is about it is they have all of the bets for you. And you'll probably fill out a bracket. Let's be honest. Most of you guys listening to us will fill out a bracket. Why not put some money on it and really prove that you that you know what you're talking about when it comes to March Madness? By the way, if you want to get some extra money to bet with, all you got to do is go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account. But when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% first deposit bonus courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. Yes, you heard that. Free money to bet with. There's no better time to dive on in and do it with our friends at Bet Online. They are, of course, your online sportsbook experts. Brian, of course, those listening to this podcast know that we are engrossed and focused on the Utes. That's what we do on this podcast. There's a reason why it's called Locked on Utes. But what about the rest of the sports world? If you'd like to be up to speed on that, I want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked on Today podcast. It is hosted by Peter Bukowski, and he gets you up to speed on everything you need to know about the sports world at large. Biggest debates, biggest topics, news items in 20 minutes or less. You can download Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast, and I encourage you guys to do so because I listen to it every morning. All right, Brian, continue our conversation here. Are we at rock bottom for Utah basketball? Oh, no. Really? Oh, no. Really? No. No. And and this is the part I think that there was a lot of risk in the move that Mark Harlan made, not just financially, but also with where the program is at, right? You're coming off a losing season. You're coming off a very difficult year with covid you're about to encounter a blanket waiver of, of transfer portal player or prospects. And so I think there is a very real possibility that this program could be entirely gutted of, of whatever players remain. And we've talked a little bit about the, the top tier players that we both feel really need to be in the program moving forward. Ian Martinez, sure. Brandon Carlson, Mickey Yontanen, uh, Paula Larson are my four. You know, you have Lazar Stefanovic coming in and, and Bert Thelissen, and you need to make sure that they make it in the program as well, or you need to find uh, accompanying transfer portal players. But that's where it gets dicey because if you're trying to com- combine transfer players with you know players outgoing and, and bringing in different players along with trying to build a recruiting pipeline, along with trying to compete in the Pac-12, there are deeper depths that this program could go to. We saw what happened the last time Utah made a change at, at coach. Yeah. And, and the, you know, Jim Boylan, uh, for all of his screaming glory and his passion, uh, was not. Go Utes! Of... <laughs> Sorry, had to. 
I'll never forget the video where he that he released where he was walking through and yelling at each of the coaches. Coach Johnson grinding for the Utes. Oh. Coach Jackson grinding for the Utes. Oh, um, one of a kind, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean the guy was was too heavy on energy and not enough on basketball sports smarts, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, or you know maybe Gordon Monson would say just general smarts, but sure. Uh, when he torched the program on his way out and, and there was this mass exodus, we saw what happened. It was a mm-hmm. six and 25 season. There was an official that told Larry Kuskoviak during the PAC 12 tournament said, Larry, you won six games with this team. He goes, yeah, I don't know how you did that. This is the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it was scorched earth. There's no doubt about that. And, Okay, I would agree with you that, yes, they probably could sink lower than they currently are, but I do feel like Utah is at a bottom floor level. Maybe not the basement, quote-unquote, but they are pretty low right now. So that raises the question, Brian, if they do get the quote-unquote right guy in the job or the right guy to take the job, he comes in, gets things re-energized, uses the transfer portal to potentially remake this roster, what are the heights, realistically, that this program can achieve? Because you and I both have been alive, and we have seen this program play for a national title. And they were a uh, okay. I don't want to dredge up old, bad memories, but man, had they had a little more gas in the tank, I think they maybe too would. soon. I know, too I'm soon. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know, I, I know I'm I'm probably dredging up really bad. I'm dredging mm. up for myself just thinking about it. But but nonetheless, we have seen them make a national title game. Is Utah, now that they're a power five or a power six, obviously in the college basketball realm, are they a power six program, are they capable of getting back to that level? I, I think it's an interesting question, and I think a lot of it depends on, on where you actually see the hierarchy of the Pac-12 conference. And, and I think that there are schools that are clearly above Utah. I think UCLA with its prestige, with what Mick Croning is building there, they are one star player away from being a, a – upper tier program again sure uh, now they have the jordan deal coming in as well mm-hmm. and and that's the this is the fascinating part about i think college basketball is the difference from college football is so stark right <laughs> you know we is. talk about we joke about under armor blah 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 like the football players will wear under armor mm-hmm. right like that's not a big deal basketball players <sighs> they'd rather go puma Branding in college hoops is incredibly important and more so than you might realize. Because you're right, a lot of people think football, okay, whatever, they don't really care. These kids in basketball, in AAU, have grown up playing for literally brands that have sponsored their teams from the time that they were a eight or nine-year-old. They are very brand loyal. and That is a big, big topic. I was listening to an interview that Scott Van Pelt did with the writer of John Thompson's uh, biography, and and it was very interesting because he walked in when he was interviewing with Thompson to write the book, and and I can't remember the writer's name off the top of my head. I heard the Um, same podcast. I can't remember the writer's name either. With the athletic covers. Yeah. Went to school at Drake. I could tell you everything about, you know, the entire thing, but um, this is great radio as always. Um, He mentions that when he sat down with, John Thompson, uh, Jesse Washington from yeah. the Undefeated. Okay, yeah. there you go. He mentions when he sat down with John Thompson, he was wearing Adidas shoes and a shirt, and Thompson looks at him and says, why are you wearing Adidas in a Nike home? <laughs> Dude, it's, it is legitimately something that it needs to be addressed. And we all know Utah is locked in with Under Armour. So 
you're, you're right. There, there, there may be a cap at some point on that front, but uh, you, I think you're right on the fact that there are other programs in the Pac-12 currently who have better prestige or more prestige or maybe better facilities. Oregon's probably on that level to some degree. USC is probably ascending to that level if they aren't there already. But uh, Brian, I'm not. I'm not convinced just with the the buy-in because there is a rabid. Utah basketball fan base that is just feels like they've been alienated and kind of have just kind of checked out over the past little bit. But if you get the right guy in there, I'm convinced that they will come right back. And I'm not going to be out of the realm of thinking that Utah could be the fourth, like number four in the Pac-12 in terms of prestige and potentially could move up in that list if they had a good run. Well, every Utah fan out there that's been disappointed with Utah basketball needs to take their semi checks and go buy season tickets right now. That would uh, help. You want to stop the jokes about the curtains? Go buy tickets. You know, everybody wanted this change to be made. Now it's the time to put up, and, and you need to go support this program. Yeah. And I, I said on Twitter, I hope that people have as much passion for the program and the new coach moving forward as they do sharing their opinions about who, who it should be. And I mean that because we do like to talk about all this stuff a lot. But at the end of the day, I was there when there were 8,000 people in the seats, and they were big, big-time games in the Pac-12 when yeah. DeLon Wright, Jakob Pertl, and Kyle Kuzma were all playing on yes. the team. Yeah, the, the, the buy-in, the, the, the butts in seats is not not been the same since the 1990s there's no doubt about no, that it hasn't and, and, I, and that's yeah go ahead there's there's a multitude of reasons for that right sure. like it's not just all because of apathy towards the program some well, of it is the start times well utah football has made a meteoric rise they, they this is this is a football school in many many senses of the word when it used to really be a basketball school who just had football over there what urban meyer and kyle whittingham did to really reinvigorate this program and and also you have to give some credit to ron mcbride for kind of laying the 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 groundwork for them to make that jump the football interest in this school i think has been to the basketball program's detriment to a degree but man I don't know. Maybe it's just me thinking back on those great, great crowds in the 1990s, that era, man. I am convinced that Utah can get back to that. They just have to put together, uh, they got to get a staff in place and put together some teams that start winning at a very high level. We, the, the the structure is in place, right? The Huntsman sure. Center is there. The facilities are there. I believe the support from Mark Harlan is there. I believe that the support from, from high-level boosters is definitely there. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's kind of based on some conversations that I've had recently about how everything went down. Um, that being said, it all needs to translate, right? Yes. And and it's we've talked about you have to be able to get kids locally and, and I looked over some of the guys that have gotten offers here locally, taking away the Wasatch prep kids who are usually not local Utah kids. They just happen to be going to school in Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really shocking almost to see how few D1 basketball players are coming out of the state of Utah. Some of that, I think, is because there's a lot of the JC, JD Falslows, or uh, not JD, Mason Falslows of the world that normally chose football over basketball Correct. and not vice versa. Correct. Um, and, and this, like, football has just in, engulfed this state because Utah's been good. BYU's been good. The high school programs have Utah been State's been had its own runs, yeah. You know, all poly, all the recruiting that comes in mm-hmm. here. It's very popular. This is, and I don't mean this demeaning at all, Utah is very much a front-running state. When the Jazz are good, everyone is a Jazz fan. <laughs> yes, they You know are. what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that's what has to happen. You have to get... You have to get the right guys in place. I think everything else is in place there. The support is in place. I think the money is definitely there. So it's it's got it's 
this is a huge, huge hire for Mark Harlan. It is. There is no doubt about it because you get the wrong hire once again, and it could really set them back even further than they already are. But it's just a matter. We got to sit back, obviously wait and see what Mark Harlan decides to do. But um, I think you and I are both in agreement that we really think that this can be a premier job in the, on the West coast in the PAC 12, and it can be a power player in college basketball. Once again, given the opportunity and the right person in, in place to just to, to do what Rick Majerus did to put together just another stellar run. And it's easier said than done, but the hope is that at some point they'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just need to go find someone who's dynamic enough to do all that and, and really get people to buy in and believing it. And and it'll come. And, and we've seen it all the time that there are programs that rise up. Loyola Chicago now is starting to become a basketball powerhouse. Illinois has returned to prominence. And so it's not definitely not out of the realm. And, and Utah should and can be there. Mm-hmm. I think they're the hurdles are also existing there and it's going to be a lot of work. And so we got to, we, I say, (laughs) you know, if this is to be, then it's up to me needs to be the mantra of every single Utah fan and and booster and supporter out there uh, that you need to get on board with your program and invest in it. Yeah. And that, that will be a big part of any future success. This program has, there's no doubt about that. All right. Uh, Come up here momentarily. We will catch up on everything else you need to know about the Utes and look ahead to the weekend in Utah sports, where you guys can find the Utes in action. We'll touch on all of that, but we do need to talk about what, in all honesty, Brian, I think you and I might be our best, favorite part of this podcast, is to talk about Built Bars. I don't even know what you're talking about, Jake. I didn't try to hand out Built Bars to the kids in my neighborhood who was just standing at the corner like it, <laughs> like it was, you know, like some weird guy trying to lure people in with candy but that's how excited i get about it i i preach the church of bill bar and, and it's you know i i've described it in a multitude of ways it is a healthy way to get your 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 fix yeah, it is. Uh, and, of course, they are trying to determine the best Built Bar of them all. It is Built Bar Madness, of course, with the NCAA tournament going on. Really easy to do. You guys can go to BuiltBar.com and cast your vote. Today's matchup is Caramel Brownie against Double Chocolate, Brian. And I've been going back and forth about which one I, I would vote for in this. And I'm going to have to say I'm going with Caramel Brownie. And that's probably only because I ate a Caramel Brownie uh, built bar today so that's why i'm opting for caramel brownie double chocolate is very very good as well and you really you can't go wrong with built bar you can't jake i'm a double chocolate guy myself and but i as i've mentioned uh, ad nauseum coconut bro- brownie kind of crumble that's that's my team yeah. and my team is on the court yeah, no, there's absolutely. They're still in it, Jake. They're, they're still in play. They Get are, out there and vote. They are still in play. So go and cast your vote, builtbar.com. Also, you can follow them on Twitter at bar underscore built. Cast your vote that way as well. And while you're at builtbar.com, save some money on the best tasting protein bars you've ever had and do it with the promo code LOCKED15. Yes, LOCKED15 will get you 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. It's a great way to save some money on the best tasting protein bars you've ever had. Do it with our friends at Built Bar. Are you guys ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Get in on that. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, as we do customarily here on a Friday edition of the show, on our way out the door, we talk about where 
Ute fans can find the Utes that they care about, the Ute programs they care about, where they can find them in action this weekend. So where are we starting first? We're going to start out, Jake, with some big news from the athletic department. Oh, yes. Sorry. We do need to talk about this. Correct. Go ahead. Limited number of spectators to be allowed at Utes outdoor sports venues. Should be fun. I think this is actually a really encouraging sign. I know uh, that a lot of people have wondered, okay, how soon can we get back to normal and have fans in the stands? Well, this is another positive sign towards that. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, the weather is getting better here along the Wasatch Front, and without a doubt, an opportunity to go watch the Utes, whether it's playing baseball down there at Smith's Ballpark, watching the softball program at their home facility, the soccer program, man, lacrosse, just all these outdoor sports, the fact that they're starting to allow fans back into the stands to cheer on their teams, it's really, really encouraging. Yep, and and tickets will not be required for admission to men's tennis, women's tennis, track and field, and beach volleyball for baseball, soccer, softball, and soon-to-come lacrosse. You will need to go to utahutes.com to purchase tickets there. They will be a limited number. Uh, I would assume that they're not going to be super cheap either, considering the much-talked-about revenue deficits. But as we come out of this whole calamity, this is a great opportunity to get out and enjoy some sports, support your university, support your teams. I, I am going to try and get to as many baseball games as I possibly can. I'll tell you that much. I don't blame you one bit. And they did clarify in it that there has been no decision made with regards to the red and white uh, spring game for Utah football. That will come at a later date. Uh, if you want an example of what it could end up being, you just have to look down the road at BYU. They're going to have their open practice a week from today, actually a week from tonight, speaking of Friday night. 7,500 fans will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 10 bucks a pop. It's an opportunity for Utah right there if they want to kind of follow a similar plan and take advantage of that and maybe put a little extra money in the coffers. And I'm sure that part of what they're waiting for is is to see where things are at in terms of health and safety protocols. Yeah. We, we've heard talks about the vaccinations will be opened up to everyone as of March 24th. Correct. And so by April 17th, it could be to a point where they could allow even more than the 7,500 that will be at Cougar Stadium. And, 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 and it, we're already talking about different counties here in the state of Utah. Obviously, Salt Lake County Health Department for Utah, Utah County Health Department for BYU. They have different standards that they're abiding what? by. I know, shocking. But regardless, there is an opportunity here. And the good news is it's an opportunity for Utah to generate some cash. There's no doubt about that. But more importantly, I think many of you listening to this have been looking forward to getting back out to watching the Utes play. This is your chance to do that. Speaking of good opportunities, Jake, number 11 volleyball has a great opportunity to go get two on the road at Colorado. They will play Friday and Sunday at 7 p.m. and 1 p.m. Mountain Time, respectively. Again, that game will be in Boulder. You can go to Pac-12.com and watch the the live stream there. Uh, But the Utes are looking to close out uh, the season and and finish up on top here. So um, did you know that Utah is 6-0 on Sundays this year? I did not know that. That's interesting, though. You want to talk about the Sunday scaries? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But best of luck in that. That's actually really, that's actually really encouraging to hear, funny enough. Yeah, at least somebody here wants to play on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Absolutely. All right. What else we got to cover here, Brian, before we go? <laughs> yeah, I, we can't leave without talking about the baseball program. You know, we, we're 
I'm going to go ahead and declare it. We are the most in-depth coverage of the baseball team in the market. Uh, they will be at Stanford for games 12, 13, and 14, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday night at 7 p.m., Saturday at 3 p.m., Sunday at 1 p.m. Again, those games will all be streamable uh, via uh, the Stanford Athletic Department site, I believe, or Pac-12.com, excuse me, okay. on the Stanford live stream. Yeah. Well, so um, Stanford, typically a very powerful Baseball yes. program, especially yep. in the Pac-12. There are no easy outs in the Pac-12. You're playing in one of the premier baseball conferences in this country. And I know at one point it was the premier conference. It has not dropped off that far. I can tell you that much. And it's been there have been some encouraging signs early this season from Utah baseball. But the degree of difficulty only goes up as you get deeper and deeper into Pac-12 play. And you and I, I think, both acknowledge that. Absolutely, and it's it's uh, man, it's fun to have a baseball team that competes in such a great conference and has the opportunity to really grow and, and expand. So, yep. um, along those lines, another swinging team here up at the university up on the hill is the Utah softball team. They'll open their Pac-12 play at Oregon. The number four ranked Ducks. They'll have a four game series up there after an 18 day layoff. Um, so it'll be, that'll be another one to watch and I think honestly the the softball team is probably as competitive as any right now in, in the spring Coach, spring sports. Coach Hogue has done an incredible job with that program. Take advantage of the opportunity to watch the Utah softball program. That is a fun, fun team to watch. All right, Brian. Fun team to watch. Great yeah. venue, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, uh, Oregon's facilities, uh, softball-wise, elite. Like everything else at Oregon, it feels like, but nonetheless. All right, Tell Brian. me shocked, Jake. Uh, I know. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brian, any uh, final thoughts, parting shots, wisdom, movie quotes you'd like to get out there before we call it a show? You know what, Jake? Spring ball's so busy that nobody wants to go there anymore. Ah, that's funny. Well done. Nicely done. Uh, hopefully at some point they'll open it up and we'll be able to get back out there. We're looking forward to that. Hope you guys all have a great weekend, by the way. We'll be back on Monday recapping whatever happens for Utah over the weekend. Plenty more conversations with regards to the Utah basketball program that we're going to continue to discuss. We're going to dissect this from every angle possible. Brian and I, I think, have a really keen interest in this simply due to the fact of our background with this Utah basketball program going back to the Majerus era. So there's plenty more to talk about. We'll have that for you guys coming up next week on the podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for March 19th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys on Monday.